So, Conrad, I noticed that you got some new gear, and I'm not referring to that beautiful summery Hawaiian shirt. Well, it was the first day it hasn't rained in a hell of a long time in the Seattle area. And so I threw on my Hawaiian shirt to kind of get ready for summer. But yeah, no, so you cost me 250 bucks. I bought a pair of kind of these wireless headphones, somewhat discreet, because I realized when I was, when, when we moved to doing just audio to the YouTube channel as well. I realized that you look kind of smooth there and you get the full gee look and I'm sitting there with headphones on that look like I'm piloting a plane from the 1950s. I thought you were piloting a plane. Uh, well, I might be. I might have been playing flight sim in the background. But um, no, I think one of the things that, that I've realized as we've done some more video work is it's really different, right? We, I, I've dropped the pop screen as well because that kind of covers up your face. We've moved to better hardware. And the other thing, I don't know if you've realized this, but when looking at multiple monitors, you typically look away from where the camera is. And so I've started to try and train myself to look at the camera instead of the of the monitor, because otherwise it sometimes looks like you're you're not really paying attention, like you're playing Tetris on screen three kind of thing. I have been playing Tetris and I'm not good at looking at the camera. So that's a great tip for me. I also, someone talked some trash to me because they said that my... Uh, bookcase was looking sloppy so i haven't done anything to it yet your, that your book that i it's funny that you say that because i again you and i probably spent a lot of time on video i have really deliberately thought about what the background of my video looks like even if the foreground is is kind of all over the place i like having the logo in the background and i've, very I've deliberately got my american flag up in the back there which was was a gift for me from someone uh when i became a citizen and so there's a little story behind it, a little America, rah, rah, rah. So yeah, it's deliberate. Awesome. Well, what else are we going to talk about today? We have a lot to talk about today. And most interesting to me, we are going to be covering Size Matters from John Morgan, right? So we're going to do a whole segment on Size Matters and the possibility of some review spam there. Before that, we're going to talk about SEO, one of my favorite things, you and I had a conversation online the other day about does SEO take time? And we're going to have a debate and a debunking of the SEO time mantra. But before all of that, we're going to get into, as usual, the news. Hit it. Money makes a world go round. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. It's time for some news. All right, Guy, and in the most useless piece of news that we have today, I noticed that Chris Video has announced that the Chris Video podcast is the number one podcast for legal marketing. Funny, funny search results there, but we also found um, Hootsuite did the same thing about the best social media monitoring tool. HubSpot did the same thing for email marketing. And so there's a lot of kind of uh, self-proclaimed number ones using their power in SEO to push themselves into that number one and soon wow. Mockingbird's list of best law firm SEO companies. <laughs> one of one, right? It'll be the best list of number one. I hope we make the list. Yeah. Put us on the um, list somewhere. Applications being accepted now. Um, the big <laughs> news, though, this week was a Google Core Algo update. So we're going to get nerdy about what that means. TikTok 
We did the TikTok segment last week. We did not hear back from David, which was a bummer, but we will see if we can get him to show up on one of our next segments. And finally, two things coming out of WordPress. So WordPress updated to 6.0. This is primarily a speed and security change, which it usually is. If you are running plugins, you may be seeing some issues because there are lots of incompatibilities between WordPress 5 and WordPress 6.0. We are, we are personally waiting until those incompatibilities are kind of all worked out before we make the switch over for all of our clients. And the other thing, Gee, this was really fascinating. WordPress, the first time it has ever declined in market share. Why do you think that is? I'm going with Wix. Wix has made yeah. a lot of headway. You know, there's some other, the, the advanced folks are getting into some more of the static builders, but I think it's probably Wix and uh, Squarespace crowding okay. in. People are like, you know, WordPress is amazing, but it's too hard and it's too much for me and I'm breaking stuff all the time. And uh, Wix has made, uh, kudos to them, they've made a lot of progress from, I used to bash Wix's SEO all the time, but um, they've made some updates. Okay. So the do-it-yourselfer is taking market share away from people like me and Gee who built stuff on WordPress. All right, now our break is not sponsored by WordPress, but some of our favorite vendors in the legal space. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app. And now it's time for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by Clio. Here is a fact. When it comes to sharing documents with lawyers, clients prefer online options. Not surprising, 62% of law firms support electronic documents and e-signatures today because that's what clients want. Data shows that email, secure client portals, and online file sharing all outrank physical mail in terms of how clients want to receive and share documents. Makes sense to me. I can't wait to throw my mail in the trash. Today's services reduce the time it takes to get a simple signature from days to seconds, making it more convenient for you and your clients to work together. Conrad, how do you feel about mail? You like mail? You like to get your documents in the mail? Do you have your clients mail their contracts, their agreements to I, you? 
ideally a fax machine? No, I mean, we have this thematically. We, we, we talk about this all the time. 62% of law firms supporting electronic documents. Why isn't it 92, right? It's surprising to me. And, and by the way, when, when you're dealing with things that are not electronic, you are slowing down the pace of things, right? And from a pure marketing perspective, we expect to be able to sign things right away. We, we expect to be able to sign up and then we expect security. And so this to me is, if you are a consumer-facing law firm, this is just a base expectation. And when you don't have it, again, it slows things down, which gives your prospect an opportunity to sign with, literally sign with someone who is faster than you are, right? So speed's a big one. The other one that I think that lawyers, uh, we've seen this in a lot of the, some of the marketing communications, but it's a competitive advantage because client, hey, do you offer online consultations? You offer, how do I interact with you? You have to come to your office to sign documents. No, you don't. Oh, really? That's amazing. So it opens up the geographic area you can serve. It provides a better experience. People aren't getting frustrated. You know, I remember when I was practicing, one of the things that folks would get so frustrated about would be, uh, you know, I had to take time off of work to come sign the documents, right? I got to pick up my kids and then drop by and sign the documents. Like, that's not convenient for folks. Deliver a better experience. Make it easier. Frictionless. Simple. Simple. Fast. Simple. Easy. Advil. That's not Advil. Advil? The easy no, that's button. A that's little a staples. Little simp- no, but what was Advil? Advil was uh, something. Little, little simple different. better. Yellow, yellow, little different. Anyway, for more on how today's clients prefer to work with their lawyer, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's spelled C L I O dot com forward slash trends. And now we'd like to talk about expectation setting and the inspiration for this segment was actually a post I saw. We'll give him some kudos here. Doug Bradley at Everest Legal Marketing posted a case study. We should actually another time talk about case studies in general, but it ties into the expectation setting. And what Doug was sharing, and we'll, we'll try to put this in the show notes, is basically, I'll just quote what he said. If you ever heard an SEO company say that you should have no expectations for the first few months of a campaign, they're wrong. And I don't want to speak for you, Conrad. I agree with Doug. Setting no expectations is terrible. But it got into a conversation about, part of the conversation at least, is how long should SEO take? So how long do you think SEO should take, Conrad? You're an SEO. So it can work very quickly. And I will tell you that, and I, I do really believe this. And by the way, I have been, I don't want to say guilty of, but I have certainly parroted the SEO takes a long time mantra. And the reason, and, and, and like it's just kind of, it just becomes part of what you talk about. But when Bradley posted that, it brought to mind a couple of very recent, very dramatic wins that we had had. And I was like, this was not a long-term when it was a short term, make some changes and dramatically you see some improvements. And so, so there, there's that fact. The next piece that came about to me was the reason the SEO takes a long time mantra came up was twofold. One, if you're starting from scratch, it does. And two, and this is a self-serving thing, 
I think agencies like to say that because it it encourages them or at least gives them an excuse to throw their clients into these long-term contracts. But the reality is that that second thing hasn't changed. Agencies still like their long-term contracts, right? Which I think is a bad idea on the lawyer side. But the first part has for the most part, changed. For many of the listeners to this podcast, this has changed. You have a lot of assets. You're not starting from scratch. You have a bunch of content. You have your technology. You have your website. You've done a lot of this already. You've been at it. And so a lot of the gains that you can see, in my opinion, can be realized by doing what we used to call janitorial SEO, which is basically cleaning up mistakes and disasters. And another way of putting this is a lot of you have beginner to intermediate level approach to your SEO. And if you can bring some really deep understanding and some really good analysis and some really good industry expertise to bear, you can actually make a massive change, right? And so I think for me, I'm going to tepidly remove the SEO takes a long time from my vocabulary because in many cases it doesn't. So I am the, I th- you're, um, you parsed that well. I think you alluded to this as well, but here's my thing. It depends. Number one, you know what number one it depends on? What is your, even your goal? Like when you say SEO takes long, what do you mean? And let's use Doug's example, right? So a lot can be done in the first 90 days of a campaign for 30 competitive search phrases. The client had an average position of 98.5 page 10. 90 days ago, today it's 24. That might not sound impressive, but those phrases are on page one of Google, nine are on page two, and the remainder are on pages three to six. So let me just, no offense to Doug. Go, no, hit it. And this is exactly why the problem, yeah, you're exactly right. Keep going. Doug won't be Page two? Page (laughs) two? You went from 98 to page two. Merry Christmas, Okay, now organic traffic has quintupled. Okay, great. Relevant organic traffic? Yeah. Right. I always remember this firm we worked with. They did a post on the Detroit Lions and they ranked for Detroit Lions. They were getting traffic for all these queries on Detroit Lions. Traffic was through the quintupled. Forget about quintupled. It was 100x. I don't know. Something insane. Who cares? You know, oh, yeah. maybe you can retarget those visitors. So my whole thing is, I agree with Doug. No expectations. Terrible. That's it. And that, to your point, that is what's going on a lot. People say, you can have no expectations. How, how long is this going to take? Who knows? It's going to take forever. No, that's not good. But I'll give you the other end of that coin, which we've talked about before. I guarantee you rank for a personal injury lawyer in Chicago in one week. So I would yeah. consider that a fraudulent expectation set. That's not good either. And even if they could, you know, some of these guys talk about this all the time. Let's see how long that sticks, because whatever they're doing is probably something that Google's trying to reduce the impact of. And then the third one is is meaningless expectations, right? So like, you know, people start talking about, well, you'll get, whether it's just traffic, raw traffic number, who cares? You know, average positions, rankings, honestly, who cares? Like you don't pay yeah, your bills it's a with good, rankings. It's a good hit on the rankings, right? It's a good it, it's yeah. a good hit on why rankings are, we haven't done, I don't think we've done a segment on this, but why rankings are particularly unhelpful, especially yeah. if we're not talking about what we're ranking for, right? Right. And yeah. to your point, to your point that I totally agree with is, is that there are things that you can do that can have massively valuable impacts in a very short period of time. You know, just for folks that aren't very sophisticated in this, the obvious one is this. You got a huge website that's been, uh, you put a disallow in your robots.txt file to de-index the entire site. Well, you take that out, 
you're going to see a massive change pretty right. fast. Right. Um, maybe, maybe but anyway, right? Probably. Yeah, right. Well, and lawyers should know this, right? I mean, come on. How many do you, do people come to your firm and you're like, how long is your case going to take? Or how long is my case going to take? Oh, 30 days. No problem. Now, maybe there are some examples where you know it, right? Right. But complex PI case, you don't know. You know, pre-scheduling order, all this stuff. You don't know how long it's going to take. So, you know, you got to set expectations. Now, and I actually wrote about this. We'll make sure I put the show notes in. You know, if Doug had, if his expectation setting was, hey, we've done a quick audit of your site. There's a lot of opportunity for us to fix stuff that we think is going to have a meaningful impact in, you know, 90 days. That's a great way to set expectations. He's basing it on his experience and he's looked at the site. All good stuff. But anyway, my whole thing is, is that it depends. And, and really my pushback is anybody that's just like, whether they're guaranteeing rankings or they're saying it takes a long time with nothing more, those are both bad expectation setting, just like it would be bad expectation to set those expectations in the context of a law practice. So anyway, I hope that folks make sense. To I people. just find that most, most of the time in my experience, when you have a firm who has been at it for a while, who has been thinking about SEO for more than three years and investing in SEO. Most of the time that I get a prospect that looks like that, they have done something, and by most of the time, I mean like nine times out of 10, they have done or are doing something that's so stupid that you can make a dramatic improvement in a short period of time. And I will use content as an example. And let me use content as a way where this gets the length of time argument is often made. Oh, you need a lot of content for long, long tail queries, right? You need to blog, blog, blog. And it's going to take, we're going to write seven blogs a month for the next 50 months. And your SEO is going to grow over time, right? That is a classic SEO takes time argument. And it's wrong. It's bullshit. And it's wrong. And I'll tell you why. And what we can do, sorry, it's not just we, it's what you can do. What anyone can do is look at your overall content and realize if you've been taking that long-term, long-tail approach, you have probably screwed up royally when it comes to SEO best practices and your content strategy is completely wrong. And you fix the content strategy and you can see a marked improvement in dealing with all of your legacy garbage content that you've been waiting all this time for to finally to actually do anything and actually start seeing really real results. Now, that's content specifically, but I see that over and over again. There are numerous issues with technical implementations that you can see and make dramatic. I mean, you use the no index as an example, but like that's not the only one out there. Local is royally mishandled in many, many cases, right? And so To me, nine times out of 10, if you have been working on this for three or four years or longer, you've probably screwed something up royally that no one has really looked for. The new PI firm that's starting in Chicago, it's a long time. And it's so long, my expectation setting there would be don't bother, (laughs) right? You'd be like, open an ad account up. Yeah. Do you say that? I mean, do you have that conversation a lot? Where it's like, we do. Um, we're going to be the I, next I, I big mean, thing in Chicago personal well, injury. Gee, well, what should we do? The, that's the thing. That's the that's my thing about because this is the other. We I, we talked about this a little bit, but when we say SEO takes time, takes time to do what? Takes time to generate a certain number of new cases. Takes time to realize a return on investment. Takes time to hit a target cost per intake qualified lead. 
or hit the target cost per consultation. That's what I care about, right? I don't care about like how long does SEO take to get more traffic. I don't care about how long SEO takes to get some improved rankings, right? It's got to be how many companies are you, you know, if you're asking this question, whether you're asking of your in-house marketing team or you're asking your agency, ask them to forecast and benchmark consultations or clients, yeah. right? Because now that, because I'll, I'll well, bet hold you. On, a hold on, hold on, hold on. How many right. agencies will do that? None. No one. Right. Yeah. None. So I know. This is that's where, the most this important question, though. This is why agencies though. are so bad. That's the most important question. We have no friends. That's, and that's why, all, that's why all this stuff about like time and blah, 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 it's only meaningful. And guess what? You know who does do that? Paid search agencies. They benchmark and forecast against... And, and you know, you can argue that they're, well, they have more reliable data. And again, I'm not... You know, we work... I own an SEO agency... And I will say that we have to educate and qualify about the modeling and the forecasting. But that's the point. You have to, if you want to have a good experience with this, you have to set good expectations. You have to have these conversations because otherwise, no matter what you do, I don't care how much content you fix and improve rankings and improve traffic until you can month in, month out, demonstrate the value of what you're doing to some objective business metric. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Question for you. Yeah. You said you own an SEO agency. You do a lot more than SEO, right? I like to think so, but Okay. Yeah. So and the reason I make this I the reason I I make this point, and I and I've rubbed yeah. people the wrong way on this, but if you are an SEO agency, it's really hard to be strategic about your marketing because you don't know the business metrics of all the other things. And the whole concept around strategy, I, I'm, I've become an increasingly big believer in this. If you are a one-trick pony, and you may be the best tactical SEO out there, but SEO might not be the right answer. And so it's really, really hard to be strategic and right. by strategic, I'm talking about what resources do we apply to which marketing channels to achieve the business objectives of a law firm. You cannot be strategic if you don't understand the whole table. If you're just well, when you're at, a hammer, everything's a nail. When you're a hammer, everything's a nail, and you can't be a strategic hammer. You can't be a strategic hammer. But <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we are absolutely blowing our metaphors here. But but my point is, SEO takes a long time. And that may or may not be the case, but you also need to look at all the other things else that are out there to determine whether SEO is or is not the right answer for reaching your business objectives. And it isn't always. And by the way, I'm an SEO, like my personal passion and love goes back to SEO. Like that's where I, that's how that's I got fun. into legal marketing. It's just not appropriate for all of our clients. Right. Good stuff there. When we come back, we are going to move beyond the time it takes to deliver SEO. And we're going to go with what to me might be one of the cringiest slogans in legal, size matters. So as we periodically like to do, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers now that we're on YouTube, and especially our most recent viewer who gave us our first dislike on YouTube <gasps> on the video we just did about how not to use TikTok. So either they disliked the video or it was the subject attorney or someone just accidentally clicked. Because how could you not like that video, really? That was our best 
video ever. I, 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 I mean, so. it, it was our best segment ever when we were talking about the, the crazy TikTok guy. The question is, was it the TikTok guy who hasn't responded to our request to join the show? Or did someone just think he was disgusting? David, it's David Parshalimi. I'm, I'm probably butchering his last name a little bit. Or did someone just dislike his work so much that you voted us down in the process? We don't know. But we will do better. Actually, we're not going to do better. That was our favorite. We're going to do more of that stuff. We're going to bring the puppy back. But seriously... Please do give us the feedback. Like, subscribe, comment, share, uh, hashtag LHLM. Let us know. We have received a lot of great feedback from many of you, so we really appreciate that. Uh, And thank you for listening. All right. We're breaking into a segment. We're going to cover Morgan & Morgan, their new slogan. It's not that new, I guess, but it's new-ish. Size matters. And 28,000... That's right, 28,000 five-star reviews. So let's get into this. Now, Guy, you posted this. This was interesting. The results for Morgan & Morgan are showing 28,000 reviews for every single location, right? This is a very large firm, probably the largest firm out there, with lots and lots of locations. And yet every single location on Google is showing 28,000 five-star reviews. How are they doing that? Well, you know, you mentioned that I posted this. I think I tweeted about it. But but really, I was tweet, I was actually sharing that as a reminder that what Google employees say and what the Google machine does are definitely not the same thing. So let's set this up. Google has guidelines on how you can use structured data on your site in order to get rich snippets in the results. And so what's a rich snippet? You'll, I think you'll see as we, because if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll get a sense because we'll do the screen share. But, you know, one of the types of rich snippets are the little stars that you see in the results. So it'll say like rating, in this particular case, five, 28,529 votes. So my whole thing, and I've seen this, Morgan & Morgan is not the only firm to do this. In fact, there's some other SEO agencies that do it. I was kind of like, you know, hey, this is a very clever way to populate the rich snippet. So interesting idea there, SEO team. Couple issues that come up from this. A, a, a couple, yeah, yeah. The, okay, we might need another hour. Yeah. So the starting point for me was that you know Google says you can't use these self-serving reviews on your website. You can't publish your own testimonials with strike. You can certainly publish your own testimonials. But if you use structured data, the little code snippet, to try to get the rich snippet, that's a violation of their guideline. And in this particular instance, it's not only that they're just using the structured data, they're using the same structured data for every single office page that they've created, which is debatable whether these are doorway pages or not, but that's a discussion for another time. It's a different SEO question. But certainly not 28,000. I mean, it's not implied that there's 28,000 reviews in the New York office and 28,000 in the Chattanooga office. They're using the same snippet for all the locations, which is also against the quality guideline. We'll put a link to the structured data guidelines. And so the key here is like, if you're McDonald's with McDonald's franchises all over the country, 
the stars for your franchise in Boise are about your franchise in Boise. It's not about McDonald's overall. That's Google's perspective on this. And I think that's a fair perspective. Right. So, and in fact, we will have our good friend, Chris Silversmith, actually did even a little bit more digging on the Facebook thread and noticed that not only are those issues in play, but they're also using the product aggregate review markup. And his viewpoint was that that's probably intentional to get around Google's filtering of the local business structured data countermeasure that wouldn't show the rich snippet. So I was like, oh, that's pretty right, creative. So now, let's, let's, yeah, let's can you explain that in I'm a lawyer layman's terms? Why would a product review be different? And how, how would that be used? What is it? What does a product review mean? And how is that different? Why would that enable them to get around this? Well, because there's all sorts of product review sites, right? So they want to show, you know, if you're an if you're a site that aggregates reviews, right? Like G2 or Clutch or something like that, they want to be able to show the aggregate product markup, but they don't want businesses showing that for their own service. So it's like or or if or if you're an e-commerce site, right? That's another obvious one. So I sell a bunch of different products. And I have people coming right. to my site and they're leaving reviews of the product. That's fine. I'm not actually like reviewing my own product. That's the essential difference in this context. I mean, there's some other differences, but the short version is, is that there's different structured data markup for different purposes. Google's got guidelines on this. It appears that maybe the SEO folks for this site were trying to circumvent that countermeasure. And so, you know, Silversmith was implying like, and he he does a lot of work as an expert witness in cases surrounding Google stuff. He brought up that, hey, you know, this might be a violation of maybe a rule of professional conduct because it's misleading because they're intentionally trying to make it look like something else. Might be an issue, an FTC issue. So we're not using this as an example. Again, we brought it up in the context of the Google PR team doesn't always match up with the Google algorithm does. You know, we're tying it in also to this idea of like, if your positioning is size matters, you're inclined to make things look pretty big, which 28,000, no one else got 28,000 reviews for no every single office No one has 28,000 reviews, right. No one has that. It's huge. It's big. It's, it's huge. But we're not advocating this as a thing to do. Would you do this for your clients? No. Um, let, and, sorry, and, let me rephrase this. I, I, we, we both know the answer to that question. Let me rephrase that. Why would you not do this for your clients? It's clearly working for Morgan & Morgan. Well, you know, this is my, and this goes back to the prior segment about expectation setting. You know, one, you know, we try to help our clients make informed decisions. So, you know, I'd come to the client with all these issues and be like, and first of all, we wouldn't recommend, we'd never recommend this just because of the risks that we just discussed. Um, two, but, it but could so, be, sorry, we talked about why this is kind of meh, why it doesn't really make sense. What are the risks here for, for a firm? Well, if you're taking, Chris's points, yeah. maybe there is a potential ethics issue. Maybe there is an FTC issue. And when you weigh those against, if Google is trying to filter this out, you know, there's a good chance that Google can flip a switch and then all of these snippets disappear. The other thing, and this hasn't really happened, I, I saw, I'd be curious if you've ever seen this, but I've, I saw some cases about manual actions related to structured data yeah. Uh, guideline violations. I haven't seen those come up very much, 
But any SEOs, if you happen to be listening to this, we'd love to, if you've got an example of that. But I recall some conversation about manual actions based on structured data violations. You ever hear that? Well, so let me just open up what you're going with here. I mean, can you imagine what would happen? And, and, and you, we can talk about whether or not it would happen. But can you imagine what would happen if all of a sudden Morgan & Morgan's review count went to zero nationwide, right? Now, the fact that Morgan & Morgan probably spends a little bit more than I do on pay-per-click advertising may have something to do with whether or not that happens. There is supposedly a church and state between advertising and organic local. But... When Guy talks about manual action, I mean, Google back in the day was vicious about, and it didn't matter how big the brand was, they were vicious on violations. There are plenty of examples of firms, maybe even in the, say, legal marketing space who got whacked for violating some of the best practices, not even the best practices, but the published best practices. But I mean, can you imagine what would happen if 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 Google did? I mean, that would fundamentally talk about talk about a single incident that would change the marketplace dramatically for legal. I can't think of anything bigger. Well, you know, this is again for me, it's like this is one of those examples just so frustrating about working in this industry. And for those that aren't watching on YouTube, you know, we popped open a search result page for Bedford, New Hampshire personal injury lawyer. And well, surprise, Morgan & Morgan's listing is number one in the local pack. There's also some 10 and 10 New Hampshire lawyers, business name, field, optimization. And then that page, for the people.com Bedford, New Hampshire personal injury lawyer page, which you know, we can debate whether it's a doorway or page or not. It's the number one result for that, the, the traditional, tra- I call it traditional organic result. The one below the local pack is also their page with the aggregate review product markup for five rating five twenty eight thousand five hundred twenty nine votes, and so again, my big thing is this: like you know, we can get into the you know, lawyers are supposed to you know not try to mislead and all that stuff, and we can debate all the ethics stuff. But for me, I'm like Google. You know, we everybody's spending a lot of money on Google. They're trying to do these moonshot projects. They got all these PR people out there telling everybody do the right thing, and then they're not fixing it. That's the thing that's frustrating to me. And this is a perfect example of that. And and for those that are listening, it's a perfect example of be careful about blindly following Google's advice or any SEO expert's advice because there's a bit more nuance to the whole thing than just create great content and let Google sort the rest out. Yeah. I mean, even in the local pack, like we've dealt with this in the last two years with keyword spamming of the names, which I stayed out of for a very, very long time to, frankly, to the detriment of some of my clients, right? It's not a best practice. It's not a best practice. It's not a best practice. It works. It works. It works. It works. Okay. Let's catch up and do it, right? Like that happened. That very much happened. And I think that the the interesting thing for me with size matters and reviews specifically and I think this is unfair, and I don't have a good answer to why this should happen or how to solve for this. But the volume of reviews, the sheer volume, is a huge ranking factor, which is what we're seeing here, right? And if you are a big firm or you do a lot of volume, your opportunity to generate a lot of reviews is there. Conversely, if you are a super specialized boutique that only handles really unusual cases, but they take a long time, you have three or four cases at any given time, it's really hard to compete 
on the review volume game. It just is. That is that is a fact. And I don't have an answer for that, but it, it is frustrating on the size matters things. It It is favoring larger firms that do volume, period. All right. Thank you for spending some time with us. We have enjoyed this, talking about size matters. In fact, we now have two possible guests. We have David Porcellini. I'm butchering your last name. I apologize. And Chris Silversmith, who, by the way... Chris, I, I hope this funnels to you, and we would love to have you. The first, so everyone knows my history with Chris. Chris was at Fine Law for a very long time, and the first time I met him, we were on a panel together, and I was a, I was kind of a jerk. I was kind of shocking. A jerk. I know it's gonna. Chris is an amazingly graceful person. He's a very, very gentle soul. He's very, very smart. Uh, he's an amazing amateur photographer. And I, I put not my best foot forward the first time we met. So perhaps we can have you on. You can join us and talk about review spam and, and, and what's going on there. But we will see you in two weeks. For now, Guy and Conrad signing off. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.